This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hi everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. This is Chelsea and I am with my uh, very tired co-host Joe. <laughs> as well as me, we are we are pushing through. <laughs> Daylight That's savings right. time yes, is ma'am. kicking my ass too. I don't know how it is with with your girls, but like <sighs> I haven't noticed anything yet. But also that could just be this because this week has been so insane that additional insanity is just. And they are also older. So I feel like it might not affect them as much anymore. I feel like when you're still in the toddler stages and baby, it seriously does affect them. No, I don't think it does. I don't think I don't think that they seemed very affected by it. Yeah, I wasn't very affected by it. In fact, I forgot that it was daylight savings time until I woke up. Was doing my house stuff in the morning and I looked at the clock on my microwave and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. And then I like was rushing around trying to get ready and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, oh. that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. Um, yeah, no. That, I mean, I, I baby keeps waking up at six instead of seven. And I'm like, have fun sitting in your crib for the next hour because I refuse to get you out of bed until at least like 715, 720. Like at the earliest. Over time. Yeah. 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 Anyways. And that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with letting them happily play in their crib. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to fucking do it because I'm not trying to hang out at 6 a.m. Anyways, so (laughs) it's been a day. I'm exhausted. What are you drinking? I have, oh, Lord. I got a Pinot Noir this time. Oh, no, sorry. I got a, a Red Zin. It's a Gnarly Head Red Zin. It's actually really good. Mm, nice. Yeah. It's good. What do you got? What you Just got my typical Sauvignon Blanc. Tried mm. and true. Didn't Sometimes, yeah. I just didn't feel like thinking yeah. about things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, just grab. The classic. Yeah. Go with what you know. Yeah. Yep. And some water, too, because I definitely need to hydrate more. Um, Well, do you just want to jump on in and start? Before we jump in, I just want to remind you guys that if you like what we're doing, if you want to let people know that we're out there, if you would give us a like, a follow, or a subscribe on wherever you listen to us, Um, if you're on Apple, a review goes a long way, or a rating. if you want to hear more about what's going on with the podcast, come and find us in A Thousand True Crimes Pod on Facebook or, um, sorry, Instagram, A Thousand True Crimes Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. And we think we've come up with an idea about our next merch giveaway, mm-hmm. but I think we'll tell you guys about that next week. Yeah. We have to so hash out some details. Peeled. All right, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's hear what this case is about. Okay. So this what we doing this week is the case um, of Patricia Richmond. And it is, I got all my information from Murder in the Heartland on ID. I believe it's like season Ooh, that's three. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen many episodes, but the ones that I've seen I've liked. 
Yeah. So this is up season. It's in season three. Um, okay. So on June 29th, 2015, dispatch received a 911 call at 7:11 p.m. The body of Patricia Trish, as her friends called her, Richmond, was discovered by her in-laws in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Now, Steamboat Springs is a small mountain town that is focused on the community, and it's not just like a ski resort town. And Route County, where where Trish was murdered, did not have a homicide, hadn't had a homicide in over 20 years before Trish's murder who was only 23 okay. at the time. So it's a small community. It's relatively like, like homicides don't yeah, really safe. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Trish moved to Colorado when she was in grade school. And in 2011, her parents separated. Her mother and her sister, Misty, moved back to Ohio while she stayed in Colorado. Due to like being in school and all that fun stuff. Okay. Got it. Okay. So fast forward, Trish lived with her fiance, Keith West, for um, for about five to six years, and they lived primarily with his parents. So okay. in the episode, we actually meet Misty, Trish's sister, and Misty mentions that they were close, but Trish would really only talk about her relationship with Keith if they were having like issues. And Uh, Trish mentioned that she was under a lot of pressure to have a child with Keith and his parents were expecting her to have one as soon as possible. So they would have a grandchild of their own bloodline. So like, it's not like the best relationship between the in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the day that dispatch received the 911 call, uh, the caller was Russell West. Trish's future father-in-law. Okay. And Russell is saying that he just got home and a bunch of his guns are missing and his and his son's fiance is dead in the bed. In the 911 okay. call, yeah, you hear that Trish was in the bed face down and hands tied behind her back. Tom oh, No, Chelsea. I know. Tom Munden was the on-duty detective that night, and he's, like, in the episode, he's one of the main, like, narrator, like, talking heads. Um, I'm sorry, can you say his name one more time? Tom Munden. Munden, okay. Yeah. Uh, He was the on-duty detective that night when the call came in, and Doug Shearer was the lead detective on the case. So, Shear speaks to Russell and, and Amy West, and Amy West is was Trisha's future mother-in-law. So, okay. Okay. as they were the only family members on the scene. When the detectives arrive on scene and they start going through the house and everything, they notice that there's no signs of forced entry, and where Trisha's body was found, the room was, like, in disarray. Like there had been an argument or the people were looking like for something. something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Keith, I assume, is nowhere to be found. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, so essentially like Keith is um, outside the crime scene and he is showing signs of distress and the, the detectives are like, okay, like he is showing signs of being like, like what the fuck happened, but we need to figure out his alibi. Yeah. Okay. Because. 
the way that the crime scene was, no forced entry. It looks like there had been like an argument or somebody was looking for something. Um, and they think that it's someone who either knew the family or somebody that was in the house, that like lived in the house. Okay. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, y'all look at the husband first or fiance in this case. Mm-hmm. You got to look at him first. So the detectives start to interview people that were close to Trish. And they speak with Amy and Russell West on June 30th, 2015. I'm, hmm? I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Did you, did they, have they said yet how she died, what her cause of death was? Or are we getting to that? Oh, no, I haven't gotten to it yet. It comes okay. to it. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I just, like, my brain is not working. No, you're good, girl. You're yeah. Good. I was like, did I not put that in my notes? Like, how this, how she was <laughs> murdered? <laughs> like, no, I did. It's just at the, it's, okay. yeah. Okay. So on June 30th, 2015, the detectives are speaking with Amy and Russell West, Keith's parents. And Amy says that she arrived home shortly before Russell, and she noticed all the dogs were at the sliding door at the garage. So this is another key reason why they think it's somebody in the house or knows the house or knows the family, because the dogs were extremely protective, and they were able to be, like, put in a separate space. They were calm. Yep. Gotcha. And Amy also notices the kitchen door was open. So Russell says when he gets home, Amy asks if he knows where the dog food was, and he said no. And Amy mentions that Trish is not around and neither is their puppy. But her phone is in the garage and her wallet is open by the coffee machine. So Amy goes around the house to look for Trish. And when she looks into Trish's room, the lights were off and the curtains were closed. So she didn't see anything, but mentions to Russell that the room is a mess. So Russell goes into the bedroom and notices her Trisha's feet are sticking out of the side of the bed and yells her name, but she doesn't obviously respond. And so he looks over and that is when he sees her face down, hands tied behind her back and he calls 911. Mm. Okay, so that is their story. That's their story, okay. Mm-hmm. Russell notices that Keith has some guns missing, an XD-45, a Browning High Power, and Russ's 44 and 9 mil okay. are missing. So. Okay. Okay. So it kind of like. a lot of guns to be missing, to be honest. Well, it's Colorado. Yeah, but do, do they have, well, I guess, <coughs> I guess my question is like, what did they break in for the guns? They they stole the guns. Is that what the like? Is that what it is? Who knows? You'll just have to keep listening to find out. Ugh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So the detectives are kind of noticing that Russell's more focused on some of his property, on his missing property and guns, knives, ammunition that's missing. And they keep trying to keep the focus on Trish. So that kind of like throws them off a little bit. Like, hmm. And Russell says that the last time he saw Trish was the night before. So the Smiths also, they own a mechanic shop and they're very well known 
in the community and very well well liked. And Amy and Russell worked together at the at their shop. Okay. Amy had done a bank drop that day and was gone for about 40 minutes around 12.45 and 1 p.m. So Amy mentions that she did run to the bank, but she also had a phone call before, but she couldn't find the record on her cell phone. Oh, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. They notice that Amy has... You better call that phone company. (laughs) I know, right? I'd be having a panic attack. Um, uh-huh. They, the detectives also noticed that Amy has some scratches on her arm and asks if they will find Trish's, uh, sorry, and ask if they will find Amy's DNA on Trish. Uh-huh. So Amy that's, says that's suspicious that she hadn't touched Trish that day. And because she turned on the lights, you might find something in the room and it's her house. So of course there's probably going to be her DNA in that room. Of course, but no. probably not under her finger, under Trisha's fingernails. Uh-huh. Uh, she says that the scratches were from her puppy when the police asked her to remove the dogs from the home. And she does provide a DNA sample. Okay, so that's a valid, that's a valid, that's a valid excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Misty and uh, Trisha's mother, they're driving up to Colorado. And while they're driving up there, Misty is trying to message and get a hold of Keith, but he doesn't answer. And this kind of enforces the idea that Keith was involved. And yeah. the last time Misty spoke with Trish, she was upset and crying, and she thought maybe they had like gotten into an argument and he snapped. Okay. So the detectives <laughs> go out and they check out Keith's alibi about him being at work that day. And it checks out like he was at work, but they still want to know more about the relationship. So Keith's parents mention that, you know, yeah, they argue like every other couple does, but nothing went past arguing. But Amy mentions that there was someone that came between Keith and Trish, and that was Randall Herman. And Amy mentions that Trish had other partners as well. So. The the future mother-in-law? Mm-hmm. Is like, yo, Trish had another relationship besides with my son. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Trish was with Randall Herman, but during a time that Keith and her were broken up, and Keith knew about it. At two Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they I were see. broken up, so like she was good. They weren't she wasn't doing anything Nothing bad. Shady. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. First off, mother-in-law, like fuck off. Don't be trying you. to blame, like, bring her down. Like she was not with Keith. She can date who she wants. Yeah, she can. Yeah. Yep. If you don't want them to date other people, don't don't break up with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. So also on June thirtieth, two thousand fifteen, Keith was questioned at two thirty a.m. And he says that he woke up around 4, 4.30 a.m. to go to work. And he worked until about 6, 6-ish that night. And that is when his father called him to tell him the news. The That's a long-ass day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the detectives ask about the relationship. And, you know, he says that they were engaged. 
And the last argument they had was the night before where Trish was getting angry with Keith for not helping enough with the wedding invites since they were supposed to be sent out two weeks earlier. Can relate. Girl, I had to plan our whole wedding. Well, my mom did a lot, but I had to plan my whole wedding without my husband's input because of the military. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. <laughs> and he gets done with his schooling, and it's like a month before we get married, and then he tries to come in and have opinions. You're like, sir, I'm going to need you to just sit down. I was like, you are what? That, that ship has sunk. <laughs> like, it's not even, yeah, it is not even, not even sailing. Sailing. Yeah. It's just fully sunk. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you need to sit down, be quiet, and just be there at this time in your dress blues. That's all I need from you, okay? Um. So, yeah. Thank God for my parents. Because, yeah. Anyways. No joke, girl. Um. Okay. So, the detectives also noticed when they're interviewing him that Keith had some traces of blood on his fingers. And he does admit that it is blood, but probably from a bug bite. What? Yeah. Now, because no forced entry, the detectives ask Keith who would have access to the house, and he mentions his cousin, Cole Jennings Pollard. And Cole used to live at their house, and he and Trish didn't always get along, but they kind of had, like, that brother-sister type relationship. Um, And Keith also brings up Randall's name as a possible suspect. And he mentions to the... This is the guy that she dated when they were... Like, broken up, yeah. And Keith does mention to the detectives that Randall would call and text Trish derogatory names and had even threatened to kill the West dogs. Which, like, fuck you, don't fucking touch it. Don't bring the dogs dogs into into this. this. (laughs) Like, they did not do anything to you. Like... They haven't done a single thing. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. Fuck off. All right. Yeah. So a little bit about Trisha's and Randall's relationship. They started dating during a time that Keith and her were broken up, and Keith knew about it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Randall and Trish dated briefly, but she went back to Keith, and Randall was very upset about this and was angry about their breakup. He also Mm -hmm. posted on Facebook horrible things about Trish and the West family. So the detectives quickly look into Randall, but he was at work that day and they were able to verify that. And with no signs of forced entry, they quickly rule him out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a piece of shit, but. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because like one of Trisha's like close friends in the episode was like, they dated briefly, but then you you actually meet Randall and Mm -hmm. he goes in about how like, they dated for like seven months and he even proposed to her. But they like kind of grew apart. So it's like weird. Yeah. yeah is, I, I don't trust Randall though. Huh? He does not seem stable. I don't trust Randall. He does not seem stable. Yeah. He was like wearing a wedding band and then he mentioned like he loved her with all his heart. And I mean, I guess like that can, like if you really did love somebody and they were murdered in such a brutal way, when you find out. Um, I can understand, like, obviously he's going to be really upset about it. But it was just, like, kind of sure, weird. Yeah, it yeah. just, like, came off weird. Like, I was just like, mm, sir. Yeah, like, something is off with that dude. Maybe not say that, but okay. And I mean, again, not a murderer, but definitely a weird fucking dude. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, he's he was innocent. They quickly ruled him out. Like they had his alibi all checked out. Like he's good. Yeah, yeah. So 24 hours into the investigation, the police receive a tip from an employee who worked at the Clark Store Post Office, and her name was is uh, Megan K. K A Y E K. I'm gonna go with K. K. Yeah, yeah. Main K. K. She said that she saw Trish come in that afternoon around 2 p.m. with a younger man. And it was someone from the local community because she, like, recognized him. And she gave Trish her mail and they left. Megan said that she had seen the man before but didn't know who he was. He was in his 20s, white male with, like, sandy blonde hair. So not very distracting. A normal looking dude. It's a lot of men. It's a lot of men. Yeah. (laughs) The police also receive another tip from a neighbor of West's of the West saying that there was a white SUV like vehicle in the driveway for a while during the day of the murder. Okay. So this kind of gets the detective's attention because they're like, well, who the fuck was at the house? And it also like sparks a little huh light bulb because Keith had mentioned. That Cole, his cousin, had a white SUV-type car. The detectives were able to identify Cole's vehicle and confirm that it was the correct one at the house, but they had no idea where Cole was, and he becomes their prime suspect. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Why is... Okay. All right. Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. Okay. So, a little bit about Cole. Cole lived with his grandparents, but they had not seen him for several days. Mm-hmm. And the police okay. put out a bolo for Cole and for the public to keep an eye out for him. And so, a few hours later, the cops receive a call from a Parks and Wildlife officer who spotted Cole's vehicle in the Trapper Lake area. So, okay. now, the Trapper Lake area is a very desert dessert jesus christ <laughs> we're gonna make it Charles. we're gonna make it uh, i'm not even gonna like try to like fix that i'm gonna use a different word it's a very remote place <laughs> dessert oh my lord oh my lanta um it's a very remote place and it's kind of like it's a campsite fishing mountain park area and um someplace that like i'd like to like maybe do one hike and peace the fuck out and go get a beer afterwards Uh um the uh police and swat arrive at trapper lake and they receive a tip from one of the campers about seeing a suspicious male just sitting at a picnic bench at an empty campsite. So the lead detectives decide to go to that site, and it's, like, super stressful because they have no idea, like, is he armed if he stole all those guns? Like, is he, like, ready to go down? Like, they don't don't know. And, again, it's a remote place. So, like, there's tree lines that he could be hiding behind. So they're kind of, like, going into this a little, like, mm tense let's be careful let's be careful so the detectives arrive to the at the campsite and they see a male matching cole's description walking down the roadway 
And they pretty much just ask the man, hey, are you Cole Pollard? And he says, yes, sir. And they just tell him to get down on the ground and arrest him. He doesn't even try to, like, fight. He just, okay. Okay. All right. So this is what Cole said. It's going to kind of, it's going to piss you off. So this is what happened. Uh, Cole says that he just snapped. Wait on. Okay. Cole said Wait, so he tells them what happened? He just goes in and he just yeah. like a canary? Just goes in. Okay. All right. He just tells them. Cole said that he just snapped while at the Wes's house and choked Trish. He said that he bound her hands with a belt and zip ties um after he choked her and then had sex with her. Oh, my God. He said that he had been angry over the past couple of weeks and everything was going downhill for him. And he just kind of blacked out. And the next thing he knew, she was dead. Oh. So, like, he never went in to say, like, what caused you to snap? Like, he doesn't – he never tells anybody, like, what causes you to snap? Yeah. Like, he – like, did she say something? Like, not – victim blaming at all like she didn't do anything wrong no no no. but like did you guys argue about something and then you just snapped or did you just literally like try to steal something from there she was there like i don't it makes to me it makes no sense no it doesn't well and then also that he assaulted her yeah post-mortem i assume yeah 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 yeah. do you wonder if he might have had a thing for her I don't know so like I don't I don't know I don't think so because the detectives did talk to his ex-girlfriend and they had just recently broken up and he was very emotional and very angry about it okay okay all right okay I don't know huh yeah So the detectives find his campsite, and um, that's where they find all the guns organized. And Barley, the puppy that was missing, was tied alive, alive, tied to the front of the tent, just waiting. Um, So pretty much Cole decided that he did not want to go to trial. He pleads guilty on May 12th. And on May 24th, really? 2016, he pleads guilty to second-degree murder, and he is sentenced to 50 years in prison. He didn't even try to offer any sort of, like, like nothing. Mm-mm. He's just like, yep, I did it. Sentencing to jail. Yeah, well, he didn't want to do the trial because he didn't want to put the families through it, you know? Because the trials yeah, are really, yeah, sure. I'm sure, very emotional. They're hard. They're hard. Um, yeah. But, like, everything that I found online, he never came out and said, like, I was going to steal money from the West and she was there and I had to do, you know, like, she caught me or we got into an argument and I just blacked out or I was jealous because my, I just had my girlfriend break up with me and now my cousin's getting married. Like, there's no, like explanation as to why he snapped he just said he snapped and killed her that is so odd yeah 
and he got 50 years like it wasn't like a light sentence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he just took that he just like bent over and took it yeah I mean I'm that's good I mean I have to say as far as murderers go that's how I would want all of them to respond but it's weird yeah it makes me think that he really did like not mean it and he's like just he had a conscience about yeah it like he's taking full responsibility like like something just i don't know he lost it he just lost it dang mm-hmm. well and also like strangulation it's that's so personal we've talked about this before i know we've talked about this before it's like you could have stopped mhm hmm Yep. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Weird. So that is the case of Patricia Trish Richmond. Did they say anything about like, like, like how did the family react when they found this out? Like what, how did Keith react when he found this out? Um, I mean, the episode didn't go into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, okay. So we never actually see the West. We just, like, if you watch the episode, you'll see, like, the police interviewing them and stuff like that. But you never actually see. But you talk to people that are, that were friends with Trish or, um, and are friends with Keith. And they said that, like, mm-hmm. he's still very broken up about it. Very, like, upset about the whole situation and still loves her and, uh, you know, like... Well, yeah, it sounds like he was fine. It doesn't sound like he did anything wrong. He's just working a really long day. Mm-hmm. And then your cousin comes to your house for whatever reason. Because yeah. he wasn't living there. He had lived, so the cousin, so Cole had lived with them previously. I don't think I mentioned that. Cole. You did. Okay, no, you did. did. Okay. You did. But he was living with his grandparents at the time. But the murder took place. So he. And he had a good relationship with them. I know you said he was kind of weird with Trish, like it was kind of a brother-sister pick-at-each-other kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, not like, it wasn't like aggressive or anything. Mm-mm. And there was nothing really with the family. And even like when I did a quick Google search, a lot of the information came, that came up was either A, from the episode or just like local news articles. And it was just the same information. Weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well... I guess, you know, I don't even want to say may he rot. I mean, thank you for taking accountability for your actions, sir. And I hope you have fun serving those 50 years. Yeah, I feel like, hold on, let me see. No, I take that back. He can rot. <laughs> he still did it. Yeah. <laughs> he can rot. <laughs> um. He took that man's fiance away. He took... That mother and father's daughter mm-hmm. away. He took that sister's sister away. Like, no, he could still ride. And for nothing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, from, like, even, like, right here, like, his defense attorney said, you know, this is a really uh, – Tamara Brady was his defense attorney, said this really is an example of a good person who has done something wrong, and I think Cole knows that at this point. Sure. Okay. Whatever. 
Yeah. And the prosecution agreed, argued that the murder was premeditated and intentional and that Bullard intended or Cole intended to rape uh, Trish first and then kill her. Well, see, I don't know. I'd have to hear the argument. That might be a little too far. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be a little too far. So he does have to serve a minimum of 37 to 38 years before he's eligible for parole. He's doing his time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He shown sure enough is. Yep. So there you go. I like that one because we don't usually have cases where the person is just like, all right, you caught me. I did Here's it. what I did. Yeah. Send me to jail. Which then makes me, I don't know, like, maybe the prosecution is right. Like, Like, maybe he did go and say, you know what, like, I am going to go and attack Trish um, and kill her. But maybe, like, he did it reverse. And so he says he's going to play this, like, it was spur of the moment and possibly get out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes you wonder if, like, what actually happened was worse than what he is admitting to (laughs) or what he was thinking was worse than what he's admitting to because he's willing to just take that sentence. Mm -hmm. No problem. Because, like, you don't, like, if you get first degree, isn't that just automatic? Like, a lot of states' first degree is, like, usually life. Typically. But a life sentence doesn't always mean life. Sometimes a life sentence only means 25 years. That is that is very true. Um, I was watching this like Instagram reel. I don't even know. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like these mm-hmm. two comedians going back and forth. They're they're doing their like little comedy like not rap battle, but like comedy battle. I don't fucking know what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's a black and white guy. And the black guy goes, "Why are the white? Um, why are the white?" why are the white guys in jail the scariest and the white guy was like the other guy was like i don't know why and he goes because they actually did it (laughs) (laughs) i was like shit that's so fucking true (laughs) you should have shared that into the group (laughs) Uh, i don't know how to like be like haha look at this like i don't know Send it to me. I'll share it. I'll be like, okay. I wanted to share this, but she okay. doesn't know how. <laughs> All right. I'll have to like, I don't know. I'm so old. I'm showing my age. I used to know how to do social media and then like shit just kept changing and I didn't keep up with it. So here hey, we are today. Hey, I make, I make TikToks now. I got TikTok when it first came out and then I was getting real sucked into it and I was like, I got to stop. And so I stopped. No, I'm, I'm contributing. It's terrible. Mm. Yeah. Neither here nor there. All right. Well, we're tired. That was a weird case. I'm very curious to hear what your reactions are. So comment in the group what you thought. Uh, But listen, what's your weekly win? That tomorrow's Friday. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. But like that doesn't even Um, matter to me. I don't even have weekends anymore. It's just that means I don't have to work. You don't have to work. I don't have to work. Okay. I'm going to make that really fucking clear. I don't have to work. At a job. You don't have to do work for your job. Yes. There you go. Because <laughs> being a stay-at-home mom, I swear to God, it's like whoever says it's not a real job needs to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Come. Actually, you know what? Tell us. Um, we'll come fuck you up. Mm. 
<laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no to that because I'm not going to try to get, like, in trouble. No, we're not. Listen. Um. Anyways, what's your weekly win? My weekly win is that I kept 12 living creatures alive and happy all day today by myself. There you go. We yep, live. I'm taking it. We live small, small lives. Let me tell you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> girl. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta be really glad that it's what, like it's eight oh nine, and and you got a glass of wine, and you can go to bed soon. <laughs> like sometimes that's just exciting. I can't wait to go to bed. The only problem is, is like when I go to bed too early i wake up at like one or two in the morning and then i'm like up for a while and then i fall Ooh, back asleep at like that. five and then it's like i'm yeah, up two hours that. later yeah so it's like i i can't yeah. go just to bed except for when i was yeah. pregnant my first trimester listen i can't fall asleep usually like i have a hard time falling asleep and can't sleep anywhere yeah oh, girl i could sleep on a fucking rock when I was pregnant, <laughs> did not. It could be high noon, a hundred and ten degrees outside, and you're out. And I would <laughs> done. So, um, all right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll be a little less strung out for that. Episode. Strung out. Don't use that word. Oh my god! Exhausted. <laughs> Life happens. It's what it is. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.